Running a pet business is no walk in the park. I've been there, done that, and sure have the campfire stories to prove it. That's why Pet Boss Nation created Camp Pet Boss, where you can relax at a beautiful lake, refuel your leadership confidence with our in-person activities, and reignite your passion for the pet business of your dreams with your pet industry peers and trusted experts. Camp Pet Boss is a one-of-a-kind business retreat that mixes conference learning sessions and camp-like activities for pet professionals and their dogs. When was the last time that you got away from your business, unplugged from the chaos, and reconnected with your inner entrepreneurial spirit? And I hope that you heard me, that your furry best friend could be there too. Get ready for the most amazing and unique in-person adventure for pet business owners and their dogs, happening this summer in Lake Delton, Wisconsin, August 27th through the 30th of 2024. Tickets will sell out, and one building is already booked solid, So I want you to hit pause on this podcast and visit camppetboss.com right now to make sure that you have a room reserved. Your ticket price includes all food, lodging, and seminars. Need another reason to secure your ticket early? How about a massive discount of savings of $850 off your ticket? That's right. Early bird pricing is happening right now, but not for much longer. And I can't wait to hang out with you at camp this summer and share all those juicy pet boss stories around the campfire. This specific episode may go down in history for having the word boss mentioned more than any other episode. And that's because my guest today on Boss Your Business, the Pet Boss podcast, is Basil Nazar, founder of Boss Nation Brands. He's been a huge supporter of my company, Pet Boss Nation, by inviting us to pop up in their booth at trade shows when I wasn't able to commit to a full booth or even attend myself because of my pregnancy. And I wanted to return the favor by inviting him here to share not just about his amazing pet lifestyle brand and his passion for gut health and pets, but to also give us insights to how he leads his team and how he's grown his company to over 200 SKUs in just four years with a pandemic to boot. Plus, we discuss ways that retailers and brands can work together and what he thinks of the future of the pet industry. I can't wait for you to meet my friend and brilliant serial entrepreneur, Basil Nassar. Welcome to the Boss Your Business Podcast, the show for the local pet business owner. If you have a physical building, carry inventory, have a team, or dream of having one someday, then this podcast is for you. You'll hear honest conversations from pet pros work in the streets of Main Street, where dog business is big business. I'm your show host, Candace Daniolo the founder of Pet Boss Nation and a pet business coach. I've started, scaled, and sold three successful pet businesses and now help mentor thousands of pet professionals to see success faster together. I'm sharing my favorite business tips with you mixed with the latest secrets of what's working now, especially in this challenging world. So if you're a pet supply store, grooming salon, dog daycare, boarding facility, pet sitter, dog trainer, or really anyone covered in fur, let's get started. All right, well, welcome to the Boss Your Business podcast, Basil. I'm so excited to have you here from Boss Nation Brands because you have just been such a generous friend and partner to Pet Boss Nation, my company here, that I just wanted to say thank you and have you on the podcast. No, my pleasure. Thanks, Candice. How could I not uh, 
support you with a name like Pet Boss Nation. I think it was meant to be almost. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We're we're just we're take, taking the pet industry by storm and bossing our way through everything, right? <laughs> just exactly. running it like a boss. But you have to, you know, that's kind of the point of this, this podcast is really to encourage other pet business owners really how to, to step up and be the boss of their business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah we, you know, we focus our at your service team over here at both Boss Dog and Boss Cat focus on empowering the retailer. I told them on day one, every effort that we make should be to put both the retailer and the brand in a better position, thereby supporting the consumer. It's a very simple logic, but yeah. if you follow it, it makes sense. And especially in a market where pet specialty, I think, is you know scraping to maintain relevance and oh, we think yeah. pet specialty is where it's at. Yeah. Oh, gosh. We could have a whole episode just on that, too. And I want to touch on that. This is a unique episode for us because we don't, I haven't typically interviewed manufacturers of products before. So you're kind of in a, in a special featured spot here. And our core client of Pet Boss Nation is that independent special retailer or a doggy daycare, grooming salon, pet sitters, dog trainers, and alike who you were just touching on. So for listeners who maybe aren't familiar with Boss Nation brands, could you explain more about your company and, and what you do there? Yeah, this is a, a labor of love for me. To give you a little bit of background, for over 20 years, um, we, we really weren't allowed to have pets in the home, and I won't go into the specifics, but there was this break, and all of a sudden, I was able to bring pets, and we we call it Boss Nation Ranch. We have four dogs, two cats, our newest golden conure, and Otis the giant tortoise. And wow. I think we have some other animals planning, depending on my wife and I, what we decide. But, you know, it's it's been a, a labor of love. Um, I've been a serial entrepreneur for over 20 years. Prior to Boss Dog and Boss Cat, I launched a Greek yogurt company for humans. And without going into detail, that is where I got the majority of my know-how and experience on digestive health, mm-hmm. what type of probiotics to use, the quantity when to introduce them in the processing cycle so that you can maximize survivability throughout the shelf life. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we took all that knowledge and our team, because the group that's with me today has been with me for over 15 plus years. Wow. Yes. They were with you at the previous company. Okay. Yeah. And so together we decided, you know, launch Boss Dog and Boss Cat in 2019 to bring a real digestive health presence to the pet industry that we felt was lacking. And so now you sell the you sell your products direct to consumer, but you also sell is, is your biggest sales channel through the independent retailers though. Our D 2 C is very very small. I'd call it less than two percent of my business. I, it was only a platform that we put in place during the pandemic because uh-huh. I don't think anybody knew if we could build a brand curbside. Okay, and but I'd say ninety eight percent of our business is brick and mortar pet specialty. Our brand pillar and our product offerings are focused on servicing pet specialty because we focus on a large variety of frozen concepts that you can only get at the store level that we don't believe will flourish online, at least not anytime soon. So I think Mm -hmm. it brings value to the store. And as long as you empower the store to educate the consumer, that's where the benefit is for both us and the consumer at Brick and Mortar. And so over a very short amount of time, you've expanded into a lot of different 
product sure. lines. It's, it looks like at a quick glance here, you have over nine um, segments right. <laughs> that probably each have a, a variety of products within them. How, how many SKUs do you have now? Do you know? Yeah, we're over 260 plus SKUs today. Wow. You know, at the end of 2019, we had nine product SKUs. And so it tells you that I was couched for a couple of years. I had nothing else to do but innovate. But, you know, the, the, the vision on day one was to create a lifestyle brand that you could walk into the store and whether it was dog, cat, maybe bird, maybe fish, who knows one day, there was a premium opportunity for you to either transition your pet from kibble to raw, which is mm -hmm. what we're really touting. Okay. And that really focused on this value added approach to feeding. And so this has been the vision on day one. Now, did I think I was going to get into tactical pet gear in <laughs> 2020? No, but again, it was a, a need. I have a 170 pound Ridgeback. There was not a collar or a harness that he couldn't break. So I said, let me innovate one. So we have this tactical line where we focus on medium to extra large size dogs. So again, uh -huh. another market need, you know? Yeah. Well, I think what's interesting about what you're bringing up here is you, you had the vision. It's well, and it's a lifestyle brand. You weren't as, a, as far as thinking about your company and your brand, you weren't pigeon your pigeonholing yourself into just, oh, we're going to just stay in this lane. You already had a very abundance minded vision for what the company could potentially be or being open to receiving what it could be. And then found your path and creating all these products. And then when this other opportunity has presented itself, you know, you're ready and prepared for it, maybe. Yeah. My team, the ones that have been in the game for a while, and I've got the VP of sales, Henry Lamb, he's been which people love. I, you know, I met Henry a few Henry, times, but yeah. but at the last trade show we were all together, Super Zoo, people were like, yeah. "Oh, do you know Henry? Have you met yeah. Henry? He's amazing." Yeah, the big H, uh, we yeah. call him, and then uh, Mike Hom runs the Western Region for us. Both of those guys, I think, together have seventy plus years of pet. Wow. You know, just in candid conversations, they'll tell me they've never seen um, a company that's crossed over as many segments. It's almost like we're running two different businesses. Yeah. You know, and, uh, totally. So I love it. I mean, I have the team to do it. If I didn't have the back office and the sales team, you know, in today's labor market, Candace, quite frankly, I don't think I'd be doing what I'm doing. So right, exactly. Well, and it, I, you mentioned your team already and how they came with you um, from the last company. And so one, it's really important to just, I think, maintain relationships uh, throughout our lifetime, because you never know, right, when you might need to kind of reach out to that resource for some help. But I think it really shows also that if they were helping you scale and grow that previous company and come with you to this next one, that they enjoy working for you or enjoy the company culture that you create there. Can you share a little bit more about, about your leadership style? Yeah, I'm a big believer in just giving people the opportunity to run their own departments. You know, I, I like to, like, for example, um, Tammy Samuelson's been with me for 15 years. She's probably my oldest employee. Uh, when I met her, she was she'll say this herself. She was a housewife. And she said, well, you know, I know I don't have the background or the experience. And I said, but you have the desire and you have the interest in learning. And this is a true story. For less than two months, she ran my accounts to payable department. This is 2003, 2000, or 2007, 2008. Within a year, she was running the entire accounting group and the entire back office. And we're talking about a, a substantially large company at the time. So today, you know, she's a great example of the people that are with me. You know, they're just great people that love to work hard, that believe in the brand and the mission. And I'm a big believer in investing in people like that. So I would say, you know, most of the people on my team come with passion before the knowledge. 
I personally don't like to be tied down when I work. So why would I do it to my people? I know it's very true. Very true. I love that. I love that. Now you've created these products that just started with the meatballs. You've got all these other products now and um, your previous career really helped you think about the gut and having a healthy gut and just digestive health for pets. And you had a pet that spurred this whole thing, right? Can you talk about him? Yeah. You know, it, uh, Kelby was my my first dog that I got after not having pets for many years. And I always envisioned having a big dog. I can't tell you why. I just wanted a big <laughs> dog. Now, if you walk around the house, there's a two-pound York. Yeah, right. So my vision, I'm a big believer. You have to dream it for it to become a reality. His dad was only 110. Kelby turned out to be 170 at his height. And I'm talking oh, wow. about fit 170. We run him. Yeah, back. and we haven't shared, I don't think, what kind of dog he is yet. He's a Rhodesian Ridgeback. Yeah, those are really like majestic, yeah. cool looking dogs. Yeah. So uh, anyway, he was having trouble holding down food. He was scratching and itching a lot. And so I said, and I already knew I was going to make an entry into pet, but I didn't okay. know exactly how I was going to do it. So it required a, a massive amount of research initially, just what type of proteins, limiting the ingredients, putting in the right complementary ingredients. For example, a lot of times probiotics will be introduced to a formula. They don't use the right probiotic. It's either not encapsulated and can't survive all the way to colonorectinol, mm-hmm. or they don't put prebiotics in to feed the probiotic during the fermentation stage. And that's one of the key points. So we're very focused on making sure that every one of the ingredients has a support ingredient. Uh, the biggest change with Kelby, I think, is what we like to call the the poop campaign. You can go out in the yard and you can see it for yourself, you know, so there's really no way to romance that. But that that was the motivation, Candace. It really was. And then everything that we do now in treats and supplements is maintaining that consistency. So if we're going to say 500 million probiotics per patty, you know, we have to be able to do that throughout all processing concepts. And so whether it's high pressure pasteurization, freeze drying, we found ways to introduce these probiotics and survive. So probably a lot of trial and error. Oh yeah. But you know, we had 20 years of experience infusing probiotics in soups, dairy, uh, Mm -hmm. dressings. And so this was just how to take what we learned on the consumer side and introduce it correctly to pet to be sure that we weren't overloading the probiotics. And then really to try to give the industry, what do you call it? Resuscitation, yeah, resuscitation, like a, you know, yeah. like I because I feel like it's an industry that's just become very me too. Up until the last 10 years, it's been a kibble and bits industry as long mm-hmm. as I can remember. Mm-hmm. So to be able to come in and say, hey, there's a standard in the human industry that says if you're gonna make a probiotic claim, which is a functional food claim, you have to have a billion probiotics per serving. There's no such standard in pet. And so I think. By setting that standard, we believe in the next two to three years, let's say it's AFCO or whatever the governing body is, we'll be right in the front of that digestive health. I don't like to call it trend, digestive health lifestyle. Yeah, I think so for sure. Yeah, so let's talk about the variety of products that you have. I'm actually just flipping through your your guide that we have here, and it's everything from yogurt and uh, the goat's milk. Can you can you talk more about the product line? Sure, Absolutely. Uh, Greek frozen yogurt treats were our go-to-market entry. Why? Because I had 20 years of Greek yogurt experience. You know, as a brand builder, you're always looking for a story and you're looking for a segment that you can enter and win in. So 
I thought that was a narrow segment that we could win in early. It still is our number one product segment today. It's been around the longest, and I think it's really hard to knock off. It was one of the biggest things. And then, you know, we went on a, a um, you know, a, a very accelerated timeline thereafter. You know, the raw goat milk came in a billion probiotics per two ounces. Mm-hmm. It was at the time where they had the um, DCM crisis. Mm-hmm. And we were able to innovate a goat milk with both taurine and D, um, DHA added. So that was the omega oil. So that was something that hadn't been done. And then I said, let's get into meal systems because God knows you can't build a company on treats and supplements alone. And that's when we started to formulate um, freeze-dried raw meals for dogs, mm-hmm. followed by frozen meals for dogs. And then we made our cat entree entry in 2021. Now I think it's safe to say, you know, between treats, supplements, meals, and pet gear on both the frozen and dry side, we're a well-balanced company. There is not one item that you're you know, looking for that we don't have. You could open your own brick and mortar store if you wanted Almost to, right? At this point, right? One <laughs> Pretty brand much. shelf. One brand yeah, shelf. <laughs> you're just missing poop bags and unless you have poop bags in your line, the poop uh, yeah, bags no. and uh and uh like chewies, I guess, right? But you know, I'll tell you it's hard to innovate, you know. Dr. Yeah. Dr. Mo has worked with me for 12 years. He heads up regulatory and handles supply chain with me. And there's just so much me too concept out there, Canvas, that to try to create something that fits AFCO guidelines, that's economically priced, because you can create amazing things that price out of market, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I can think of a few brands and concepts in the last couple of years that I've seen that happen, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but I, you know, look outside of the product line, and just to be fully transparent, I think if we're talking real life stuff, the biggest challenge is two years of pandemic, one year of hyperinflation, you know, what more can this industry endure? And we've always heard pet is recession proof, holding that hold. I'm praying that that holds true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it it is, you know, I've been through, I was, I've had my businesses since 2006, I guess, 2004, 2006, and went through that first recession, the financial kind of yep. recession in 2008, nine, and then, and then this, and I've survived my own little kind of doggy flu influ- influenza situations. And, you know, to get through any of these things that are thrown at us that are completely out of our control, we have to have really strong internal company, like kind of operations, foundations, things that are things that are running really well already in place. We need to also have, I think the mindset to, to weather that storm too, when all the stuff's getting thrown at you. How do you, I guess, do you have like specific habits or strategies, things that that you do when times are really getting tough to help pull yourself through it? I um, I think of the story that I used to read my son and then my daughter recently, she's 15 now, so I don't read her this one anymore, but it was um, from um, Dr. Seuss. Okay. And, and every entrepreneur goes through what I call the waiting place, you know, and if you, you'll, you'll read your little guy, the story, I'm sure at some point, and that's, that's, I think the hardest thing is you get to a place where you know what your vision is, your customers and retailers are responding favorably, but you have to slow down the speed of execution and you're in the waiting place, you know, and I think that's been the biggest challenge with the economy and with this industry, because there is so much competition that, mm-hmm. you know, a market entry on a concept can take a year to two to three years to get real ACV penetration, where in the consumer world, it's much faster. 
you're right. You have to be extremely diligent, very patient. Without mincing words, you have to cover the financial gap because this is not free. Right. And we're, we're trying to build a business. It costs money to launch brands. Right. And so I think you're you're 100% correct. It's stay the course, size the business for the market, you know, but personally, the biggest challenge is the having to wait. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, your own mindset pulling you through and having, I think too, like a great support system around you of people who can either, you know, cheer you on and be there for you, but also like you had your team or your, I know your wife's very supportive too. And, and your family and, and same thing here. That's what we do at Pet Boss Nation is we're just like that support system to keep helping people stay the course, stay the path, because it, it is a game of patience. Like you said, well, I meet a lot of people at the beginning stages of their businesses, especially people who do want to make some products. And they're just so frustrated that like the online sales aren't coming yet, or that they did invest in a trade show booth and they didn't get any orders or, you know, it was because it's such a huge investment in the beginning and, and you're not seeing that, that ROI come back, at, come back yet. So any advice for, from like, if you go back to your really early days of like yeah. when, when people are just starting out, like kind of mm. some tips for them. Sure. Well, markets change in so many ways, Candace. I was just telling my wife this yesterday, you know, I'm, I don't want to date myself too much, but I'm still a door-to-door salesperson. I like to meet the buyer. I like to see the store. I like to understand the history. And then only then do I show you what I have to sell. This is a market now where a lot of it's done just like we are now, digitally, mm-hmm. via email. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not as personal as it used to be. So I think adapting to this new world has been the biggest challenge and the biggest thing that I would say to any aspiring business person. If you got to go where the buyers are and it comes down to customer acquisition at the end of the day, every day, regardless of what industry you're in and customer retention. Mm-hmm. And I think we're starting to learn how to do that better. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's my first advice to uh, up and comers is pivot when you need to pivot and don't be stagnant and not do so. Yeah. And so, you know, you bring up the importance of that retention and relationship with yeah. your clients. And so, uh, you know, we we teach a lot about that too, right? You've got all businesses need the traffic that comes in, whether it's foot traffic or online traffic or trade show booth traffic, right? Like right. you need the traffic. You also need to be really good at converting those sales, those lookers into buyers, and then retaining, uh, maintaining and retaining those relationships because the majority of your business and growth will come from people who have already like signed up and said that they love you in a sense and have bought into the, to your products. And so how can you keep them happy, help grow their business too? Which leads me to what I'd love to talk about. You kind of brought up at the beginning was about brands and retailers really being partners together. Great point. Yeah. Let's, so, so how does Boss Nation Brands team up with their, their retailer base? Listen, this is an ex- excellent point. I was actually going to add that to my last comment. That's the biggest challenge. And the, if I had to put a cry out or a request out to pet specialty retail right here and now, it's work with your brands to utilize the tools that they give you to bring more benefit to your store. For example, the At Your Service team has 12 brand ambassadors throughout the U.S., When a store manager calls us and says, I'm having an anniversary special, it's my seventh anniversary, I want to give away 20 cases of some Froyo, all they need to do is reach out to us and we'll empower the store. So a lot of it, you know, for these pet specialty stores, I don't believe they're all utilizing the tools that are out there. You know, we do the best that we can to to actively contact retailer, 
but we know how busy these guys are. They're either grooming, dealing with staffing issues. So it's nearly impossible to um, interact with your brands. But I would suggest Mm-hmm. There are tools out there to create incremental revenue and customer retention that retailers can use. And I know we have a ton of them. Yeah. So you're the way that you stay connected to your retailers is by being able to offer them some of this free, this free merchandise that they can then retain their own customer base with by gifting it to them and creating those surprise and delight moments, a little wow, like mm-hmm. by using that free yogurt. I mean, who doesn't like to get free stuff when they're out shopping <laughs> or as a yeah. consumer, right? I go, I'm checking out for my grooming and someone's like, hi, we'd like to give you this like free yogurt cup. I mean, it's, it's, that would be a really nice gift to get. And when we have multiple classic examples, we call yeah. it over the top. And when a retailer is very responsive to us, for example, there's a retailer in LA that sold a hundred cases of uh, raw goat milk in one month. I put an entire mariachi brand in in front of the store with a thousand pastries for four hours as a thank you to that store. So these are the things that we're doing with the at your service group that I know a lot of the other brands aren't doing. Yeah. That's an extreme example. A smaller one will be bringing someone into the store for an hour of training. I think if you're not active, uh, an active brand in pet specialty, you have a short shelf life. Yeah. Because that, and that's how, um, you know, because you're speaking of the brand perspective and then the retailer, you know, the retailers will survive and thrive when they can create those experiences, the in-store customer events, the anything that's, that's that tangible piece that an online business can't ever bring. So, uh, or it has a harder time doing. Well, Candice, the stuff that you're doing, I think is extraordinary. I mean, a conduit for retail to be able to share experiences and thoughts. These are the kind of things the minute that I saw what you were doing, and mind you, look at your growth in the last few years. You know, I don't even wreck you're all over Instagram now. I know that for sure. Uh, yeah. Well, we, you know, thank you. Thanks for mentioning that. Yeah. It's, but it's that's been- what we need more of advocates that are out there trying to help support pet specialty, you know, because what, like, you know, Indie Pet's an example of that. Yep. And the other groups, you know, these are the things that need to happen. Yeah, actually, the day that we're recording this, uh, then tomorrow. So we're recording on September 22nd. This will air at a later date, but tomorrow is Neighborhood Pet Store Day, which is the very first one that's happening on September 23rd for the pet industry, and that was started by Indie Pet, which will be which will be great for uh, not just the re- I mean it'll be great for the retailers, but you know in our network we have a lot of also like mobile groomers or like I said a dog trainer people who aren't the retailer, but this holiday is a great opportunity for them to collaborate with each other as well and connect. So. At the time this is recording, of course, you'll have missed it. So <laughs> save it though for the day, save it for next year next that year. At the, in September that uh, year two will be happening. So wonderful. Okay. Well, you know, I want to hear more about two things. Okay. Before we wrap up. So the first one is what's the future for Boss Nation brands? Good question. I you told know. me something at SuperZoo that we have not shared yet. I don't think here. No, I will share with you. Happy. To. Okay. Uh, you know, look, the vision on day one, like I said, was a lifestyle solution for pet pets and pet owners. Uh, I believe we are realizing that. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if you saw another brand pillar early next year. My, maybe Boss Bird. I don't know. Maybe something. Maybe like maybe, little, maybe <laughs> little little something with some feathers. I think I think a good indicator on what I'm up to uh, is what kind of pets I'm bringing into the house. So. <laughs> right. So <laughs> they'll be what is it? Uh, Dog and cat are our are business play. Yeah. Okay. And and um I just I have a story to tell. So I think Boss Bird is part of that story. Yeah. But our emphasis and focus is going to be on both dog and cat. 
There's still a lot of extension to happen on both of those pillars. And then there's some innovation that we're going to be introducing this next year uh, for dog and cat. Okay. And and I'll share it with you just real quickly. Just one piece of innovation is space is so limited at pet specialty that we're now formulating, for example, our uh, boss dog and boss cat pro balls. Those are the limited ingredient meatballs that you saw. Mm-hmm. Those are good for dog and cat. So you're going to start seeing dual brand pillar identity on the packaging because we realize how tight space is. So now you can use those treats in a util as a utility in either section. And either one. Got it. Okay. That's, yeah. that's one tidbit of what we're going to be doing. And then I have some real great innovation coming under the two pillars next year as well. Okay. Well, if they want to stay in the know with that, what's the best way that we're, how are they hear about it? Once it goes to market, do they need to get on your email list, follow you on social? Do they need to see, you're going to announce it at one of the trade shows. Like what's the best way for people to, to be in the note? There's two things. One, um, if you're a retailer and you're currently carrying our products and you're not on the boss dog portal, oh, okay. uh, email us at info at boss and add your store. And then I would say just simply follow us on any social platform at Boss Dog Brand and at Boss Cat Brand. Either one of those websites mm-hmm. will give you links to our okay. website as well. And our team's very active with um, the Boss Nation Cares campaign. It's a monthly open source charity. Uh, we just did the Blue Bell Cat Foundation for Cats in Laguna Beach, California. Once a month, the team is challenged to go out and support local, regional, and national adoption rescue or shelters. So oh, wow. Okay. Cool. So if you follow us on our website, you'll see all the activity that Boss Nation Cares has uh, done and will do every month. Oh, fantastic. That's great. Okay. So my next question is, what is the future of the pet industry in your eyes? If you had a crystal ball, where do you think it's going? Well, I believe we're still in the forefront of the premiumization of the pet channel. So even though we feel like, you know, for the us that have been in it a long time, I feel like we've been, you know, there was a big shift. I feel, you know, once in the early 2000s and then even more now to raw, but you're saying we're just at the cusp of it. I believe we are. Yeah. Cause it's, there's, I think that you're going to see a few things happen. I think some of the more mature pet specialty brands are already jumping channel and moving into food drug mass or big mm-hmm. box, mm-hmm. which is going to leave room for the boutique brands that are still really focused on either micro batching or focusing on pet specialty altogether. Mm-hmm. They're going to give them some room. And I'm going to just, I'll say it like this. The big red bag takes a lot of space. Okay. Yeah. So every Everybody that's doing what we're doing, and there aren't many of us adding value to pet food, mm-hmm. uh, are looking forward to the days when that space opens up. Yeah. So I that's really that's, cool. That's that's going to be and then I think if, if pet specialty continues to invest in where the segments growing uh fresh frozen uh they'll be served well. I know it was 2 years ago the biggest issue was people were out of freezer space, you know, yeah. or they didn't have the power to support the store. Yeah. For those that made the investment, I've seen some with 15 to 20 plus double door freezers. I applaud you because that's where the industry is going. You know, and there's still going to be, you know, a lot of room for premium dry food. Absolutely. I mean, 40% of my portfolio is freeze dried. Uh, but I think if you're not focused on fresh frozen segment now, you might miss the boat. Yeah. For sure. 
and it can be expensive to invest in the freezers, but a lot of, a lot of brands will have programs, right. To to get the freezers. Yeah. We have over 1500 boss dog and boss cat skin freezers in North America today. I'll tell you the biggest challenge is making sure our distributors have enough product. Okay. That's a real world problem. Yeah. Um, and we we have a great freezer program. So any retailer out there that's interested in getting into frozen will share in the cost with you to get you in the game. Yeah. I mean, it's almost a no-brainer our programs for those that are considering getting into it. And all they got to do is come to us at info at bossdogbrand.com and we'll get them going. Yeah. Yeah. And you have an, you know, enough of a variety of products too. Again, I just I love to try to loop in our non-retailers but a service-based business that has a lobby that has a little bit of space in it, you know, you have enough variety to it that they could test retail in their space if they could find your products through the through a local distributor with them, right? Correct. Yep. Cool. Absolutely. Awesome. There, there's we're we're here and we've got a message to tell. And if retailer wants the support, we're here to give it to them. That's wonderful. Well, I appreciate your friendship and partnership with Pet Boss Nation in the pet industry. And I look forward to, to seeing you again at the next trade show in person. <laughs> uh, absolutely. Probably be uh, global. But, global. Yeah. That's right. Yes, that's I, right. I, I thank you very much as well. And um, we were glad we've been glad to have you, even though I think you're going to have your own booth next year. yeah well yeah yeah that's right we talked about it was funny i was just talking to my husband too about like next year so we have fun things in the works too we i was like i think i want to go to the pet industry leadership conference in san diego have you been to that before i'm I'm going this year thanks for reminding me oh good yes i'll be there too so i'll see see you there and then we were like okay well then we'll go to global in orlando which we love when we go to global in orlando because then we'll go to like usually um st augustine or something and get a beach house too like for a week after that and then Pet Boss Nation, we are probably going to bring back our own in-person events. So I have hosted a couple in the past and I really want to like do that. I've got some big dreams on our end that for for bringing people together in our community. So that's that's what we have to tease. I right now I have an I, I have a city in mind, but uh, of where Pet Boss Nation will be in person. But uh, I can't share that just yet because we're still at the big ideation phase right now. So I, I, honestly, I think I've seen you and I, I still don't understand completely everything you do because I think there's a lot of avenues for there you. are a lot. Yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if you didn't have your own pet boss regional trade show in five years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. We, we, that could happen. It could happen. You never know. So yeah, there's so, but that's, you know, that's one of the things is there is a lot of opportunity for us to go after, but we can't do all of it and we no. have to figure out what, what to prioritize and what makes the most sense. So that was, that's my business advice for all our listeners out there too, is like, just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> right. All right. Well, Basil, I'm thank you again for being here. I'm going to let you go and connect in San Diego, I guess. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Uh, All right. Thanks. See you then. Wow. We surpassed 75,000 downloads of this podcast. I just can't believe it. So thank you so much for tuning in every week and for being part of the show. It would mean the world to me if we got to 80,000. Could you imagine? And then, oh my gosh, all the way to 100,000, my mind would be blown. So to do that, I need your help though. So make sure that you subscribe to the podcast in case you haven't done that. 
Plus, I would love for you to tell other pet professionals about the amazing resources and ideas and strategies and tips and stories that myself and our clients and the people that we feature bring to you every single week. Okay. So recommend this show to your fellow pet industry professionals, have them visit petboss.com forward slash podcast, and they'll find all the old episodes and exactly how to connect with us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It really means so much to me that you choose this podcast as part of your business education and journey here in the pet industry. Thank you.